listening to the Norse Wilderness Podcast, where we sit down to talk about our passion for wild things and wild places. I am an enthusiast for an adventurous lifestyle, and your host, Justin Stearns. I am joined here by my son, another lover of the outdoors, and your co-host, Tyson. As a disclaimer, this is an explicit podcast. If cussing offends you, my apologies. Welcome back. Title of this podcast is Detriment to Success and Our Goals. First matter of business today is going to be talking about the new thing on the table here. Have you noticed it? Yeah, the teapot. Yep. So I was listening to the Big Hunt Guys podcast today, and I'm telling the story to give them credit. And Lorenzo was being called out on how much he swears on his podcast. And he had a good point. He's like, it's not me. I'm not being authentic if this is if I don't cuss. He's like, I really am trying to curb it, but it still comes out. That's me to a T. It comes out without me even noticing it. But Brady Miller just, how would you say that? Jokingly said, we need a swear jar. That got me to thinking when I was a child, 10, 11, 12 years old, 13, somewhere in there. Maybe even a little older. My parents used to run the fundraising committee for our local hockey association. And they'd have these parties at our house. They were called meetings, but they were parties where they would discuss what they were going to do with fundraising. And a lot of times, just like any old party, you know, politics and that stuff would get brought up and people would start bitching and moaning and complaining about it. But, uh, so it, at the meetings, they had these this swear jar. Like, we're trying to keep this appropriate. You drop an F-bomb, you throw a dollar in or whatever. And it had been going on for a while and it was just, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It was quite the ordeal to have the swear jar there. It actually collected a lot of money. I mean, none of us are really proper. We might be from Utah, but not very many of us were LDS, so we swear a lot. And then that gave me the idea, is like, we should have a swear jar. So I took something a little bit from Meat Eater, where they have them pods at, or game shows where conservation always wins. We should do this with the podcast. So now we have a my swear jar, which is just a teapot, blue teapot that I found. It says, swear jar, you fucking say it, you pay it. F-bomb, dollar, bitch, 50 cents, shit, 50 cents damn 25 cents proceeds will be donated to conservation so at the end of this this year all the money i put into this swear jar will be donated to some conservation most likely the rocky mountain elk foundation but should we count up the infractions i've already had i mean i haven't dropped an f word yet but said bitch i think that's it so we're gonna go 50 cents you hear that that's me put money in the swear jar here Maybe this will curb my swearing, but if it don't, guess what? Conservation wins. Detriment to success. First off, the definition of success is the accomplish of aim or purpose. To be successful in any matter of life, you must have discipline and persistence, which means to me that you work hard, never quit. No matter what life throws at you, you never quit. This also brings to mind a shirt I received as a gift this year. The quote on the shirt goes, The devil smiled on me as I was on my knees until he heard me say amen as I stood up. I picture this in my head as the devil thinking he won, but he didn't realize I don't know the meaning of quit. I take the moment to talk to God, my savior, my brother, my friend. I stand up and grasp my weapon to stand against the horde coming against me. It's just how I picture it. 
How do you picture that shirt I have? Don't remember it? No, I don't remember. It's just, I remember it pretty much the same way. Because, I mean, after you, after I seen it, that's how I just imagined it would be. Detriment to success, in my opinion, will always be being afraid of hard work and failure. Don't be afraid of going to steep and deep after that big bull or big buck. Pain is temporary. Memories are forever. So many in the hunting space use the term success to define punching a tag. I know that technically it is being used properly for the reason that we all have a goal of filling our tag. I mean, this is one of the big reasons we hunt. Otherwise, we would just be mountaineers. This is not the case for me. Success is making more memories in God's country with friends and family. I don't need to fill a tag to feel successful. This to me means you need to do all of your due diligence when hunting, from planning to hunt properly, knowing the laws of where you are hunting, knowing species, knowing the species that you are hunting. Know your access points. I mean, communicate these to loved ones for if tragedy strikes. This means, like, when I go out hunting, I tell, I try to tell people wh- where I'm going and how to find me. And sometimes, like, Grandma will be like, where are you going? And I'll try to explain to her, and she's like, well, I don't know where that's at. And I was like, well, Pat does, so he knows where I'm at. If I come up missing, that's where I'll be. Someone always knows where I'll be, so if stra- tragedy strikes, I get hurt, whatever, people know where to find me. Yeah, especially with your uh, broken knee and your sprained ankle. You always do stuff like that. Dude, it's because I go hard. I don't know how to half-ass shit. When I do something, I do it all the way. You didn't know how to not go hard on falling. (laughs) (laughs) That was a pretty big thug. Which time? Oh, just when we were trying to go out on that walk. We make it about halfway, no, more than halfway down the street. We made it about four houses down. You go, whoop. And Lucas starts like running around. You get his leash all tangled up around you. Yeah, the worst part of that is I had that 50 pound pack on my back. And when my ankle rolled over and said, Not today, my pack smashed into the back of my head and ground my face into the freaking ice and road. That's, that was kind of funny. But to get back to this, I mean, also being physically fit for the type of hunt you are doing being mentally prepared for the emotional roller coaster as well. And this is why I go out and we hike every night. Well, not every night. But try to, but with life so busy as it is, it's hard. I struggle to find 20 to 30 minutes a day to do anything. And then I go out and hurt myself, so do I push through the pain cuz I can or am I fucking up by doing that? Sad it. Isn't that like your uh, jar full of like that money? For poker, yeah, that's my poker quarters. But uh, <laughs> I always wonder if I should push through the pain when I injure myself and just keep going, keep going hard so that I can stay in shape. Or do I take it a little easier and let it heal? I never can tell what I should do. Part of me wants to just push through it because pain is weakness leaving the body. But part of me says I should be smarter than that and take care of myself better. I don't know what you to do there. Well, I mean, if you were just sit there and let your ankle and knee just rest up, it means you'll be out of shape. I mean, I already Maybe. am. It doesn't take very long to get out of shape. It takes a long time and a lot of hard work to get into shape. So it takes like, about 
two, three weeks to get in shape, about one week to get out of shape. Completely out of shape. It only takes a couple of days for me, and I'm feeling it. Last couple of points here is make sure all of your gear is in order. I mean, you don't want to get out there and find out you left your satellite communicator at home, left some gloves, some socks, whatever. And you want to make sure you have the proper gear for each hunt, each expedition you go on. One of the last things I want to bring up is know how to field dress an animal. And the reason why I bring this up is three or four years ago, I was out hunting, hunting, and me and my buddy, we came across this guy that just shot a bull from the road opening morning of archery season. We'd been out crushing it all morning, and he comes walking out and going, dude, dude, I just shot a giant. And it was a pretty decent five point. And he goes, but I, my YouTube's not working, so I don't know what to do now. Yeah, there's the closest cell service around here is a good 45-minute drive, dude. And so I ended up helping him. I went up there and asked him, did he want to do the gutless method or just gut it and drag it out whole? Because it's only about 30 yards from his truck. And he's like, well, he might as well take it out whole. And I was like, okay, Lila, I'll show you what to do to gut it. Gave him a knife and showed him where to cut. And he was just so blown away by it that I ended up pretty much gutting the whole thing myself. Carried it to his truck for him, him and his other buddy. Throw it in his truck and then... We're on our way. We go back to camp, and everybody sees blood on my hands. They're like, oh, you killed something. I'm like, no. I had to tell them the whole story of this guy. First time he'd ever went hunting. This is his first day of hunting ever in his life. How old did he look he was? I bet he was in his mid-30s. First time ever hunting in his life. He kills a a bull with a bow, opening morning. And they're not even rutting. They're not calling nothing. It's just how the cards fall with some people. But then his other buddy kept calling him backstrap. He's like, dude, you better give him at least one backstrap for doing that for you. And they ended up, did they came and found my camp and gave me a whole backstrap. I was like, dude, I'd have parted with a 30 rack before I'd have parted with a backstrap. But I'll take this, thanks. Didn't we eat that? Oh, yeah. Now we got a bunch of me in our fridge. That's why uh, you said, um, if I fill my uh, tag for a chance, we won't be uh, taking any. Yeah, that's... So you just need to make sure you have all has been planned out so that you have no issues on the hunt. Missing something on your hunt, not being prepared for it, can be the biggest detriment to your hunt. I will guarantee you, you will find more happiness and more enjoyment out of a hunt if you learn how to enjoy the hunt itself rather than the success of filling a tag. And that's why I don't consider filling a tag the success of it. It is a part of the success. I mean... Because I actually like to pack animals out. I like to gut them, or don't gut them anymore, but I like to field dress them. I like to pack them out. I don't so much like butchering, but every butcher I've taken mine to, they've just absolutely murdered the meat, so I won't do it anymore. Yeah, every time, well, one time I remember um, when we had some meat from the butcher, it tasted really weird. I'm on Grandpa's bowl, that's right now on the ground. We gotta hang that up somewhere. But to go on to our 2023 season goals, I listed them out the other day, and I want to go shed hunting five weekends, go rafting five times, backpack at least twice. Then we have the whole entire hunting season already planned out. How many tags do you have again? I have none right now. But well, I mean ones that you want. Well, I want an early archery deer tag, hunt elk in the rut, go on your first Utah elk hunt, so it'll be a rifle over the counter, then a general season deer for you here in Utah, that bison hunt which i'm stoked about that so the name of this season is going to be the year of adventure and i have that written on the whiteboard up there you sure do got quite a bit of it all planned out i mean what do you think about shed honey 
Uh, what do you think? I think of it because I mean I I haven't been talking about it for like the past three months. Yeah, we're not too far out on it. About another eight weeks. That's still way too long. I think our next podcast is gonna be shed hunting. I'm really excited for that because I love shed hunting. But we're also going to Sportsman's Expo this weekend, so. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm going out of town with you. Yeah, I aim to shed hunt five weekends this year, from late March to June. It sounds like it'll be easy, but I have a feeling it will be difficult just due to life. We still have hockey going on in March, so that's we're not going to get the whole, probably very many weekends in March. We can so we're going to have April, May to pretty much get them five weekends in. And then, I, you know, I got work in there that I'm going to have to work some weekends. And just other things in life will come up. Brooklyn will have softball. And just the joys of life that will interrupt. I truly love shed hunting. I've never devoted an entire weekend to shedding, shed hunting before. Wait, so how long until school ends? Do you know? End of May, usually. So... Does that mean we have time that I'd be out of school and shed, go shed hunting? Mm, we'll probably be done shed hunting by the time school's out. Depends on when you get out. But I can't take off work for it. Weekend warrior status for us on everything. I wonder how people just go out and shed hunt for like ever. Uh, it's either usually their job, they take time off for work, which a lot of people do, or they have one of them jobs where they work seven on, seven off. So with wanting to do five weekends this week, year... It's going to be a tall order, and one of which them weekends, I want to backpack shed hunt. Throw camp on the back and go in there a few miles, four, ten miles, whatever. Ten miles will be hard to do on a weekend because it'd be mostly a day of walking on ten miles. No, I mean, I, mean, I could get ten it. miles in, in in probably four hours. I mean, Pat and I did 14 miles in four and a half hours with a pack on. We didn't have camp in, but we had our packs with some gear in it. I think I was only running like a 20-pound pack that day, but so it can be done. My hips from my waist belt, from hiking that vigorously, I got back the truck, and they were bloody. I had blood running down my sides from it. That's not good. I mean, hopefully with your new backpack, it doesn't do that. I need to break it in, trying the initial ascent pack. That was a pretty penny. I mean, this isn't a backpack, but I had to break this in. (laughs) It's not flexible. It used to, like, just be a break. Now it actually moves on its own, this vest. Our shed hunting will be mainly focused on elk sheds with deer as a second. That's funny because uh, we mainly have brown deer sheds. Because I haven't found a decent shed spot. For elk, at least. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine at chalk, so they were there at one point in time. Finding a million boot tracks. It's the most common thing. But for some reason, I always start shed hunting way too early. Second week of March, and I'm hitting shed hunting hard. It's so most elk haven't even dropped by then. They're not dropping till like April. And you can still found the, find those old white ones that didn't get picked up last year. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, I mean, eventually we have to get a set because it's an every, well, all elk drop both sides at least. Mm-hmm. And just sometimes a Somebody match else can, picks them up. Sometimes a match is miles apart too, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't imagine them being more than 20 miles apart. So that's another goal is I'm going to find a brown elk shed this year. Never found a brown elk shed. Brown deer sheds and lots of chalk elk. That's it. My goal is to find at least three antlers this year, kids. I have one antler in my arsenal that's actually one I found. Not counting broken antlers, because I have a bunch of broken antlers. Yeah, I don't really plan to go after moose, but 
would be a cool one to find if we do. It'd be really cool to find a brown one. Little the only antler, moose antler that we have is that one right there. That it's about a billion years old. <laughs> we had about dig it out of the stone. <laughs> yeah, I honestly thought it was just a piece of twig on the ground until I picked it up and seen it had a burr. And then Pat goes, "That's a moose shit." You should see this thing. It looks like it's a hundred years old. Like the bottom of it's like, it looks like it's smooth because I mean it's kind of but not really. But then like out where the main part sticks out because he doesn't have a plate. No, the plate's gone. He's just got his brow tie there. And it's all like has a bunch of uh, like cuts through it. How old it is? An ancient fossil, pretty much. It looks like, but where we found that. I've only seen three moose there. So there's not a lot. Pretty lucky to find and it. And only one of them was a bull. The other one was a county calf. In all the years we've been out there hunting. I mean, moose are great creatures. And a little fun fact that uh, a mature bull antler can weigh up to 40 pounds for a set. I can believe that. And Some are going to argue that, I'm pretty sure. But I pulled that right off the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation's website. Big bull. And it does say the magic words of up to 40 pounds. I mean, that's going to be the top end. Some other names for shed hunting are antler gathering, shed hunting, or horn hunting. It seems to be accepted in the community, although all seem to be accepted in the community. Although horn hunting is technically wrong for the fact that elk have antlers, not horns. I know. Whenever, um, I've said, oh, he's got some nice horns before, and you'll argue about that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because... Most of us have heard our our elders say, did you see the horns on that big bull or that big buck? That reminds me of something. Whenever we go um, dirt biking, Grandpa always says, I want to go ride your motorcycle. What's wrong with that? Nothing. <laughs> Just makes me think about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> me and Argy call them motorcycles. I mean, used to. But with that said, the difference is... Horns are not shed, and antlers are shed, and grow back every year. This is why elk, deer, moose, and caribou, they are called antlers, with bison, sheep, goats, and antelope called horns, because, like bison, sheep, goats, they don't shed them. They're horns. Cow, bull cows, they don't shed them. They're horns. If it's shed, it's an antler. Be technically correct. Antlers are cooler than horns, because they actually grow out quite big. I mean, some horns can grow out on goat's quite big too but mm-hmm. in my opinion antlers are cooler because most antlers can grow in any direction yeah well i still want to go sheep hunting and goat hunting i want to go to that place that got what it was we were listening to some podcast about how there was just so many deadheads oh tajikistan that was on the big hunt guys podcast on uh brady miller's marco polo hunt he was hunting marco polos yeah i would have been like can we stop i want all those ones it's a completely different country. I mean, laws are different. You couldn't just take one of those home. Yeah, but, I mean, I know he didn't. I mean, I could go on for shed hunting and selling sheds, and, but I believe we'll save that for a whole other podcast. I don't plan on selling any sheds in my entire life. <laughs> I will buy, like, a room just for antlers just to stay there. And plus, we haven't found a good enough spot to sell any. No, I can just imagine if we stop going there though they're gonna just pop up there yeah probably that's why we need to get out here soon and start locating where they're wintering at yeah. i've already got plenty of shed spots picked out for the year we just got to find out where they're wintering and see if those are actually going to be viable we need to go take a weekend and find where these herds are 
I want to go out to that unit that we want. That really good bull unit. Out by where I've been hunting that cow. Oh yeah, that's one of them. I mean, I really want to go out. Right there, especially with seeing all them big guys. Yeah, and that's one of the spots I have picked out. It's just to where we can't cross that private land. It's a five-mile hike to get there I'm all right to with access that. it by public. So it's five miles just to get into where they're wintering. I'm all right. To go up that. and over a mountain and back down into where they're wintering. It's I'm all right way. with that for the one reason that we've seen so many spikes, too, like that have just been there. Mm-hmm. There's been huge bowls. <clears throat> I remember that herd of almost completely just spikes and raghorns. Me personally, if we are, if I were to find all them spikes, Brown, I don't know what I'd do with them. Make knife handles. That's why I want to shed it there. Spike antler. But uh, the next is going rafting five times. This is brought on by an adventure I've been thinking about for years, and that is to hunt bison. We now have the opportunity to go hunt bison this year. How come you haven't gone hunting bison any other years? Well, one, you have to draw the tag. But we've yeah. Okay, to let the cat out of the bag, there's an over-the-counter hunt for bison here in Utah. I'm not sure if it's available to non-residents, and it's been going on for three or four years. And I've talked to some people, and they said it wasn't worth it. They got in there and they couldn't find them. Getting to them was a pain in the ass. But they tell you that if you watch the video on why it's over-the-counter, they tell you that it's very extremely hard access. They don't live in the unit year-round. They only come in in about October. So that means they sometimes they just don't even go there. They say that according to their GPS tracking data, they're always there in the winter, and they winter in here, and they don't want them there for some reason. Don't know why, but I'm going to take advantage of it. And so the only access is to go over a mountain pass that which mid-October, November, if heavy snows come early, the pass gets shut down and you can't drive in. But if you can get in there, you still have to get a permit from the Natural History Museum to even park your truck at their gate and it's only walk-in access only. You park at the gate and it's walk-in access only 10 miles in minimum to get to where the bison start hurting up. In which 10 miles, yeah, I'll hike in there and shoot a bison, but then how do you pack it out? I'd need horses or llamas. And then you, that's another permit and you can't camp in there. So you're walking in and walking out every day. No camping is allowed on this uh, on the Natural History Museum's property. There is another road that you could maybe reach by... ATV, but you're still walking in because you can't drive off the road. The road goes in there and dead ends, and it's the road splits two wilderness areas apart, so there's no other roads off this road. So you get in there and you start walking and find one and shoot. That's a viable option, maybe, that I've been thinking about. They say it's not accessible by truck, it's only ATV only. Or the other trip that I want to do is a 10 day float through some of Utah's gnarliest whitewaters. I still want to do it. I think it's going to be a freaking blast. I mean, I'd just be worried about tipping and your rifle goes down to the bottom. Your... Oh, it's going to take a lot of planning and a lot of preparation to go on this hunt. But we'll get into that. But So because of this hunt, I want to go rafting this summer at least five times just to hone our skills at rafting and navigating whitewaters. So I want to buy a raft and go ra- rafting five times this summer. Doesn't seem like much, but with how busy life is, that's going to be difficult. I mean, what you could do is, uh, instead, like, you could just every day go out to that spot, or is it like, is there like nothing? Actually, never mind, that actually wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you were going with that, but going somewhere every day is not an option. Well, at first I was like, 
can't you just like float part of it um go back to the truck and i was like oh yeah it's water you can't just go up straight <laughs> no it's like six it's like a oh, i can't remember i used to know this i knew this a couple weeks ago i think it's 93 miles total you float no, it's more than that. For some reason, I'm thinking there's going to be a road in this crashing spot. I'm hoping to get to where we can hunt in two days, and it was like 55 miles, so we're having to float 30 miles a day, which I don't know if it's possible. But I've got a lot of research to do in that. But, yeah. And then I want to go backpacking at least twice this summer. I want to go backpacking, too. I love backpacking. Me, too. So. And I found a Mathetti up there. <laughs> Mathetti. But, yeah. So I want to go backpacking at least twice. It's going to be difficult to do this. And then I was also invited last year, which this coming summer is the season that Mark and them are doing that 100-mile trek across the Uinta Highline Trail. And they invited me along. And I really want to do that. It's something I want to do at least once in my lifetime. But I just don't think I can take off work to do that. And then all your other hunts? It's a 10-day trip that they go on. Actually, they, I think they do it in 14. They take two weeks off of work to do it. You said you can cover about, so if you can do about 14 miles a day, it's less. When you're backpacking, you're going to have like a oh, yeah. 50, 60 pound pack on. Because, I mean, you should be at like that 25, 30 pound range for your gear. But then you have your food, which is two pounds a day. So for a 10 day trip, that's 20 pounds of food. And that's if you go light on the food. Are there any rivers in it? Yeah, there's lots of streams and lakes, but no rivers. It's up on the UNA High Line. You're hiking at the peaks of Utah. I meant Sif lakes but um so like uh, i'm pretty sure one time grandpa showed us it the entrance to it and we seen some billy goats we took a ranger and some four-wheelers way up on this trail possibly where we go camping is right at the end of where they come into the highline trail continues from there but where they end their hike is right there where we camp it's like 10 miles up the road oh that's what grandpa showed us yeah it's that's the highline trail up there because yeah, he was pointing out where this trail goes up on these peaks. So I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And then to get into hunting season, I mean, I want to do early archery deer. But without knowing what tags I've actually drawn, these goals are, will be fluid. But the hopes are to get a Nevada, Idaho, or Utah and do a backcountry backpack hunt. I have zero points in Nevada and Utah in general. I have a few limited entry points here in Utah, but I still don't plan on drawing that. But I do believe I might have found a little gem in Nevada to go hunt. We'll see. But I should have the results back from Nevada before I have to put in for Idaho. And Idaho has no point system. So I'm not sure. It depends on Nevada and Wyoming. On if I shoot for the stars in Idaho or if I go for a low demand hunt. I mean, if I really need a tag, I'm going to go for a low demand hunt and hope I get one. Well, if you're as successful as you were this year, then... Yeah. I had four tags this year. Filled three or four of them. Then... I want to hunt elk in the rut and so i put in for wyoming already shooting for the stars on an elk tag there then i'm going to do new mexico and new mexico has no point uh, they don't have a point system so it's just the same odds every year so i'm shooting for the stars there as well because in wyoming i have zero points as well but i'm hoping to draw one in that 25 percent random pool then we'll have utah elk otc where hopefully you and i have a tag and where you're youth we really should be able to get you a tag without much, too much of a problem. Me, I don't know. They sell out so quickly. Same with your deer hunt. You're a youth, and according to Go Hunt, draw odds on it. Youth are guaranteed tags. 
But where they just reallocated tags this year in Utah, it's going to be a little bit different navigating that. And then the bison hunt. That's going to be because they don't come into that unit until October. Wanting to do it the first or second week of November. We have a very short window to do it because they don't come in there before October and about December 1st, the river can freeze over. They had a couple of hunters get stranded in there a few years ago and have to be lifelighted out. Were they injured? No, they weren't injured. They just were stuck there. The river froze over and had no way to get out because you're in the middle of a wilderness. One side of the river is tribal lands and the other side's a wilderness. So you had no access to get in or out with a vehicle. So a helicopter had to come in and get them. What happened to the raft? They left it there till spring when it melted and had to go back in and get it. wonder if they got all their gear out of there. I don't know. I mean, I would definitely want to get at least my rifle and all my electronics and stuff out of there. Yeah. And like I said, it's got... This is down through Desolation Canyon that has some of the most gnarly whitewaters in Utah. You have to draw a permit just to even float this during the summer because they only allow two groups a day to float the river. So you have to put in and draw a permit just to float it for recreational use. Uh, During the winter, when it's not near as busy, you don't have to actually draw the permit, but you do have to pay for your permit and schedule your time ahead of time. And if someone's already taken that slot, then you're SOL. So I've got to get to planning this real soon. Like, I mean, and this is going to be a dream hunt for me. I've always wanted to take a bison since I was like 12. Ever since I ever had my first bison burger, I was like, I need to shoot a bison. I don't really care about the mount or any of that. I care about the meat. Don't both um, female and male bison have antlers? I mean, not antlers, yeah, horns. But they're not as big. I mean, you can get, like, bigger ones. It's kind of like a, isn't it kind of like, what are they called? Antelope? They they have pretty much one size, except sometimes they just look a little bit bigger. No, they're they're definitely bigger. The more mature they are, they just it's not like an elk to where you can really t- there's not a drastic difference. Yeah. So it's hard to say. I'm actually really nervous about doing this hunt. It will take hundreds of hours of planning and preparation, along with a significant amount of money. But if this turns into a successful hunt, I would like to do it next year for you as well in 2024. Go float it and have you fill out a bison tag i mean my main dream hunt what i really want to do is i mean i doubt i've kind of just lost the dream of red stag <laughs> red deer because i don't think i'll ever travel out of country i wouldn't say never but i've got a lot of adventures i want to do here in the u.s and mainly in alaska caribou moose all that grizzly bear black bear doll sheep these are all things i want to do before i'm going to worry about doing red stag i mean I still want to do caribou and moose and grizzly. A little fun fact about bison is they can weigh up to 2,200 pounds, with some sources saying 2,600 pounds. That's going to be a lot of weight to carry out. That's why we're going to be stuck when we raft it. We're going to be stuck to only hiking a mile or so from the river. Because any further than that, we won't be able to carry the meat back to the raft. Yeah, it's just a good thing I we're mean, not in Alaska. We can actually leave the ribs. Still, we're going to be... I mean, if we shoot a bison... Oh, a mile from the raft. I bet it'll still take us two days to get it to the raft. Well, just, my back's sore. My knee is hurting like a motherfucker right now. I think I'm young. And tonight at hockey practice, I decided to show you how to actually jump. That was a mistake. Paid for that. But to get back to this, 
Bisons are the largest mammal in North America, six feet tall and 11 feet long, and can actually run faster than a horse, and I did not know that. Lifespan is 25 years. Both females and males grow horns. I already brought that one. I knew that beforehand. That you did. Look at you with the knowledge font. Ain't just a hat rack, folks. The only reason I know that is because I cannot imagine one without horns. (laughs) And not the game. So my last goal of the year is just health goals. With all this planned, we're going to need to be the best versions of ourselves possible, both mentally and physically. I've been walking 50 pounds with 50 pounds, three miles at least six days a week, five, six days a week, ever since I keep hurting myself. That keeps going down. Doing lightweight training, I guess I would like to call it. It's just all I do is I spend 15, 20 minutes a day doing push-ups, pull-ups, squats, and curls. I've also jumped on the board with some of Stay Healthy supplements. Check them out. I've been liking them so far. StayHealthyHunter.com, I think. You got too hurt, though, to really notice. <laughs> been doing uh, the bone, bone broth protein. Sounds disgusting. Uh, it's not bad. If you make it into a shake like I do, it's delicious. Um, 50 milligrams of CBD every day, and they're digest, digest Plus. Also... I've been trying to drink a gallon of water every day. Been doing all right here lately. I mean, it's seven below outside right now, so it's hard to remember to drink. Whenever I'm cold, I, I'm not thirsty. <laughs> Whenever it's warm, I'm really thirsty, though, because you start sweating. More hockey practice, I'll be dying. Yeah. Only news I have today is the Arizona deadline for elk and antelope, February 14th. And then... Sad you missed your opportunity for 2023 uh, caribou. Oh, and then Washington moves to phase three of their uh, wildlife crossing project, which is cool. I really think we need more of these. I need We need more research into them and more donations, more funding for them. I hate to see animals getting hit on the road, so I love to see states doing this. Last little fun fact is, did you know in order to walk into a WMA here in Utah, which is a walk-in management area, you must possess a valid combination license to access this property or have secured written permission from the managing agency. So this means if you're out camping and happen to walk into a WMA and don't have a license, you could receive a citation for this. And we all know them fish cops love to serve out citations for everything. Yeah, they'll walk out anywhere. We'll leave you guys alone, let you get to your regular day today. Appreciate you tuning in. Peace out. Bye, folks. After editing this podcast, I found a few of my fractions of me cussing. So I added them up throughout editing this. Here's the donation. Another $2.50 towards conservation.